0: Help us cry. The church is built, and the earth is filled with your glory. To those of you listening to us on the internet, to the men and women in our armed forces, wherever you may be, To our members and guests here at Beautiful Savior Lutheran in Milwaukee, grace be to you and peace from God our Father, from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Word of God upon which we base our message on this fifth Sunday after Epiphany is the gospel for this day. You heard it read before from Matthew chapter 5. I recall just these words. You are salt for the earth. You are light for the world. In the same way, let your light shine in front of people. Then they will see the good that you do and praise your Father in heaven. In the name of our dear Lord Jesus Christ, who himself is the light of the world and who makes us reflective lights, my beloved. Ever notice how we all tend to confuse our vocations with our identities? What you do with who you are? It seems so right and so natural to uh, ask the little kids, Oh, Susie, what do you want to be when you grow up? Oh, Bobby, what do you want to be when you grow up? Oh, I want to be a nurse. Uh, I want to be a fireman. Vocation is what you do. Identity is who you are. Now, a confusion of the two can lead perhaps to some depression. Whether you are a farmer who does farming, whether you are a policeman who does police work, whether you are a pastor who pastors people, you have your ups and downs, Because someday you might feel really good because that day you're a really good farmer. And the next day uh, you're not such a good farmer. And so um, it's sort of an up and down world. And sometimes when you're down you don't really feel like you're worth very much. Men especially are prone to this. When they lose their job they feel worthless because they confuse their vocation with their identity, vocation, what you do, identity, who you are. Now, I'm here this morning to tell you that you, Christian, do not have an identity crisis. From Scripture, you know exactly who you are. You are a blood-bought soul of Jesus Christ, and through faith in Him, You are a child of God and an heir of eternal life in heaven. Now, unbelievers have an identity crisis. First of all, they do not know that they are blood-bought souls of Jesus Christ. And they also do not know that in unbelief, they are a child of Satan and an heir of hell. And that's why what we do here every Sunday morning and in our Christian life is serious because it's a matter of life and death. Today, in these words before us, Jesus blends our vocation with our identity, who you are and what you do. He tells us they're linked together. You really can't separate them. And he says it by saying, you are light. You are salt. You are salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. Salt. What do you think of when you think of salt? You know, you take out that stuff and you, you throw it on your sidewalk so you don't slip, right? Shake it out of the sh- uh, salt shaker to give, uh, make your food palatable and better tasting. I don't know if you ever thought of it. Salt is sort of a sign of life because at least 90% of your body is salt water. In Jesus' day, there was no such thing as refrigeration. So if you let your meat out... It was going to spoil and it was going to rot. And so salt was a preservative. You salted your meat heavily. Sometimes you buried it in salt and you could preserve it. True story. Years and years ago, my uncle's dad and his wife would, uh, during the the, uh, winter months, go down to Florida to stay warm. And uh, one time before they left... Uh, his dad <clears throat> said, you know, I go out and I take a look at that electric meter. Remember when they had that spinning wheel on there? You always tell, you know, if you're losing, using a lot of electricity or a little electricity. He said, you know, I don't want to spend any money on electricity. So when we leave the house, I want that wheel actually stopped. So they went throughout the house and pulled out all the cords of all the plugs throughout the entire house. He went out and he looked at the meter. It stopped. Then they went to Florida. They came back three months later. They opened their deep freeze and all the meat was rotted. And you know what stink that was? They not only threw out all the meat, they threw out the freezer too. Much of the world is a decaying stench in the nostrils of our God. Decaying when abortion stops a beating heart decaying when a physician assists suicide, decaying when the world tries to redefine marriage, decaying when the world laughs at the truths that we're going to discuss this morning, that there really was a Noah, there really was an ark, and there really was a universal flood. They laugh when we say we believe in six days of creation. You are salt when you say, Human life begins at conception. You are salt when you say that you believe in the sanctity of life until God ends it. You are salt when you say that the Bible's definition of marriage was already established way back at creation. One man, one woman for all of life. You are salt when you even can't convince another person that Noah and the ark were really things. Jesus really did miracles. Creation was in six days and they laugh at you and you take it. You are the salt of the earth when you pray for peace. God only knows that it is because of prayers of Christians that we haven't started World War III already. Because you're praying for peace. You know, you can change God's mind. Otherwise, why would we pray? Abraham prayed five times in Holy Scripture that Sodom and Gomorrah would not be destroyed because his nephew Lot was down there. And if there had been only 10 believers, God would not have destroyed those cities. Most of all, we are salt. Salt. When we preserve people from eternal decay and destruction in hell by telling them of the forgiveness of the maggot of sin through Jesus Christ. But Jesus says, Watch out. Salt can lose its saltiness. How can that possibly be? What are you going to do? Take table salt and pull out the chlor- uh, chloride from the sodium? I mean, salt is salt. It always stays. How could that possibly be? Back in Jesus' day, you know, they didn't have such pure salt. They had to get it, get it from a salt deposit, sometimes even around the Dead Sea. There were a lot of other minerals mixed in with it. If you would have left a bucket of salt out on your porch and it rained, all the salt would wash out and you'd have all those useless minerals left and then uh, you'd do nothing but throw them away. Watch out! that you don't lose your saltiness. Anything that comes between us and our Lord can work to weaken our faith. The devil wants us to lose our saltiness. You see, the devil is a con artist, and he wants to commit identity theft so that you are not salt and you are not light again, ever again. Now, I have witnessed people lose their saltiness and lose their light. And it usually doesn't happen real quick like that. Oh, all of a sudden, they're not salty anymore. It usually happens gradually. Not spending 20 minutes with their appointment with the Lord. Attending church a little bit less and less all the time until you never see anybody, see them again. Saying, really, I don't have to get into Scripture because I learned that all years ago. I know it all already. I don't need to worship my Lord on a regular basis. Do you know that uh, excuses, lack of interest, laziness, Just don't cut it with Jesus. Recognize this? It's in your home all the time, right? This weekend, Saturday or Sunday, if you haven't done so already, we're reading Jeremiah 7 and 8. I just want to do some encouraging because remember I said I was going to be a pit bull on this thing. I'm going to be the hound of heaven to make sure that you stick with reading your scripture because some people are saying, oh, you know, I skipped a couple days. How am I ever going to catch up? You don't have to catch up. You just have an assignment for today. Just continue where you are. Don't be disappointed in yourself. Stay close to God's word. Lord, I need thy presence every passing hour. I need to be regular in worship, in the word, and in prayer so that I don't lose my saltiness. Jesus also says, you are the light of the world. So you might say to yourself, yeah, pastor, what's so big about that? Turn on the flashlight, turn on the headlights, turn on the LED flashlight, everything's good. in jesus day light in darkness was very precious sometimes it could even mean the difference between life and death because all they had was really oil oil lamps and torches maybe some of you on vacation uh, went to mammoth cave in kentucky remember taking that tour eventually you end up in this big huge amphitheater and then uh, to, to show you uh, what a cave is really like, they turn out the lights, only for you know 15, 20 seconds, because otherwise the kids start to cry because you can't see your hand before before, uh, before your face. And then they would tell you stories of those uh, spelunkers of uh, years back that uh, went in there with torches, and their torches went out, and they died. In fact, they said that when they started really discovering the the cave with electric lights and whatever, they found skeletons. The darkness of unbelief leads to death. You are light. Light up the way so that people can see their way out of darkness. You are the light of the world. You need to show uh, people Jesus, who is the only way to heaven. And Jesus says, don't hide your your light under a bushel or under a basket. In other words, don't do those things that are not representative of your Savior whom you are reflecting. Lights are hidden when people express verbally or otherwise Hatred for people of the opposite political party. And if you don't want to listen to that, then listen to Jesus' words when he says, Love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. Let your light shine. Don't let it be hidden. In so many instances of our life, we really have to go around and say, What would Jesus do? And you already know the answer because you know what Jesus did. Light is also very conspicuous in the darkness. That's why you've got to turn on your headlights when you drive your car. Lights stand out in darkness. My family used to live down in central Illinois, and every once in a while, we take a little trip to Amish country. The Amish always are conspicuous. They always stand out. You know, those little bonnets and the unusual dresses that the ladies wear, and then the men with their wide-brimmed hats and their overalls. They go around in, uh, in buggies pulled by horses. God's Old Testament people in the Bible, they stood out too. Weird diet, couldn't eat pork. Weird worship, killed animals. Do you stand out in a dark world? By what you say and what you do? By what you say and by what you do, do people at work or the school that you attend say, that person must be a Christian? Or is there no evidence to separate you from anyone else? You are a light. Like lights on the... uh, airport landing strip you know that guides the pilot into a safe landing we are to be lights of the world to guide others to the safe landing in the arms of jesus our savior by what we say and by what we do but how can one christian at a time make any dent in the world being a a light Years back, uh, when we lived in Illinois, on the 4th of July, we went to the U of I Stadium for the fireworks. And just before the fireworks uh, came on, when it was dark, everybody would light a match before cell phones. Now, of course, people use the flashlight on their cell phone. And uh, you know how that can be in a stadium of 75,000, 100,000 people? Turn on all your flashlights like this, it lights up the whole place. We Christians are not alone in this world. We are together. Together we are lights for the whole world by the way that we speak and by the way that we live. We pray that none of us will ever, ever, ever again suffer from an identity crisis. The words of Jesus before us this morning blend our vocation and our identity. By God's grace, you know who you are and what you do. You are a blood-bought soul of Jesus Christ. You are a child of God and an heir of heaven. You are salt and you are light. But did you ever notice salt doesn't do much good when it's in the salt shaker? You got to shake it out. So after service, we're shaking you all back out into the world. Go and spread some salt. And take the bushel off and let your light shine, so that others may see your good deeds and glorify your Father who is in heaven and God granted for Jesus' sake. Amen. Please stand. Peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen. We confess our faith this morning in the words of the Nicene Creed on page 8. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made And I believe in one holy, Christian, and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins. And I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. We take this time to gather our tithes and our offerings and our connection cards.